to the FaithBridge Sermons podcast. Today's sermon is brought to you by Bible teacher Dan Slagle and was recorded on Sunday, November 13th, 2022. And hey, if you are ever in the area, join us on Sunday on campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and come say hi in person. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at FaithBridge to see what goes on during the week. And as always, you can join us every Sunday for our online service called FaithBridge Live at faithbridge.org live. Here's Dan. Well, good morning and welcome to Faith Bridge. So glad you've chosen to worship with us today, whether you're here in the live venue or if you're in our communion service or if you're coming to us online, it's good to see you today. We're continuing on in our year-long sermon series through the book of Luke. Today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17, if you'd like to go ahead and turn there. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers are coming down the aisle. They'll be glad to give you one. And if you don't presently own a Bible, please accept that from us as our gift to you. Luke chapter 17, and we're going to begin reading in verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the opportunity we have this morning to gather in your house and to lift up the name of your son, Jesus. We pray now as we turn our attention to your word, your Holy Spirit would come just as you promised to be our teacher and to guide us into all truth. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. About seven years ago, I was dealing with uh, an ailment, an abdominal ailment known as diverticulitis. Now, I won't go into all the gory details, but suffice it to say, hands down, it was the most painful experience of my life. Sometimes uh, when it flared up, it, it felt like someone was just putting a knife right in my gut. And I can remember on several occasions being on the ground in the fetal position, crying out to God and saying, Lord, please either take this disease or take me, whichever comes first. Uh, I I just wanted to be rid of it so bad. And uh, thankfully, God answered the prayer. Uh, He chose to deliver me from the disease, not take my life. But he did so through the agency of Dr. Diego Marinas, a surgeon at Methodist Willowbrook Hospital. Through Dr. Marinas' uh, meticulous skill and knowledge, he was able to bring healing to my body 
And uh, there is no bounds to my gratitude to him for what he did for me. In recovery, every time that man came in the room, I fell all over myself saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. When I got home from the hospital, I wrote him a letter expressing my gratitude. He had just improved the quality of my life by 1,000 percent. If it didn't seem so weird, I would have sent him a bouquet of flowers. I mean, I was thankful to this man. About three years after my surgery, I was riding my bike in a local park, and I came across Dr. Marinas and his young family. And I immediately leapt off my bike and went up to him. And again, just thank you so much. Life has just been so much better. And I apparently was rather effusive in my praise because out of the corner of my eye, I saw his wife beginning to back up just a a, a little bit, like thinking restraining order or something, you know. Again, if it hadn't been so weird, I probably would have given the man a hug. I mean, just incredibly grateful for what he did for me. And I suppose that's why uh, the story of these nine lepers just leaves me dumbfounded that they would not return to praise God and give thanks for what they had received. Now, diverticulitis is no picnic, but compared to leprosy in the first century, uh, a piece of cake. Because you see, leprosy not only uh, physically painful in the extreme and bringing about physical uh, deformity to one's body, there was also an incredible social stigma attached to the disease. If you contracted leprosy, uh, you were not quarantined. No, you were outcast. You were removed from society. Nobody wanted to get anywhere near you. As a matter of fact, Those who had the disease were required by law when they went into a public place to shout, unclean, unclean, so that everybody knew, get away from that person, stay away from that person. I at least had the support of my family and my friends as I moved through my ailment, but these individuals had no such good fortune. On top of the physical pain they experienced, there was also the emotional, spiritual, relational pain of being completely isolated for the rest of their lives. There was no cure for this disease. It was literally a life sentence once you got the illness. One would think that upon receiving healing, All of them would have been running back to Jesus to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. But for some reason, just one of them managed to do that. And, you know, too bad for the nine who didn't. Because scripture is clear, they did not receive the full blessing that they could have received. Now, They were cleansed. They were physically healed. Scripture is clear about that. But I find it interesting that Jesus said to the Samaritan who returned, go, your faith has made you well. Well. This man not only received healing in his body, he received healing in his soul, in his heart, in his mind. There was a fullness to his healing that the others did not 
get. And he got it because he was thankful. Gratitude in our lives has a way of completing the circle, so to speak. When somebody does something for us, it doesn't matter if it's a healing or not, anything that somebody does for us, if we will take the time to express our gratitude, there is a fullness in the blessing that would not be ours otherwise. C.S. Lewis points out that giving thanks completes the process every single time. But our sin nature really resists doing the right thing. Because we are fallen and sinful creatures, we are also very self-centered creatures. The world revolves around us. We live on this one-way street where everything is coming our way, but very little, if anything, is going out to others in return. And a lack of gratitude keeps us in that realm of self-centeredness. In fact, I would go so far as to say a grateful heart is about the only thing that can bring healing to the point we can step out of our self-centeredness. Years ago, when our three girls were little, they're, they're all grown now, but when they were little bitties, uh, it was a hectic time in our house. And uh, there was even tension from time to time, if you can believe that. And I began to feel this sense of resentment in my heart toward Becky, my wife, because uh, she was claiming that I was taking advantage of the situation. Her claim was that I was free to come and go as I pleased, but because she was mom, she didn't have that option. She had to be there all the time. Good days, bad days, convenient, inconvenient. No, she was stuck, but dad was just kind of coming and going however he wanted to. Well, of of course she was right, but that didn't mean I liked the accusation one little bit. And I remember one day I was having breakfast with a friend, grousing to him about the fact that my wife was grousing at me. And he said, well, Dan, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I think you're just being a selfish jerk. <laughs> well, gee whiz, thanks for all the sympathy. Thanks a, a lot. Matter of fact, he said, I, I think your only hope in this situation to get past it in a godly sort of way is for you to begin to be grateful for your wife, grateful that she is the wife and mom that she is. I think that just might be the ticket to turning your bad attitude around. Well, I didn't have any other good options in sight, and so I took him at his word, and I began to do that very thing. I began to give thanks for Becky, for the extraordinary ways that she was mothering our children, for the sacrifices that she was making so that I could do the work of ministry. And it did change my heart, and it did change my attitude. I was able to take the selfishness that I was trapped by and set it aside. And not only begin to give thanks for Becky, but be 
truly, truly grateful to her and actually step in and engage more as I should have been doing all along. Now, I'd love to be able to tell you that once I set that selfishness aside, it stayed right there forever and ever, but no, it manages to creep back and back and back. But when I think, let's set it aside and begin to express gratitude, my heart is changed. There is a wellness that comes to my soul when I'm a grateful person. Not only in my relationship with Becky, but in every area of my life. When I'm an appreciative person, I'm a much more whole person than I am otherwise. Gratitude is one of God's healing agents against the sin and the selfishness in our lives. Another thing that gratitude does for us is it aggressively addresses what I call our ungodly pride, ungodly pride. Now, by that, I don't mean, you know, walking around with your chest stuck out, proclaiming your greatness to the whole world. No, ungodly pride is the notion that uh, we are self-sufficient, that we are self-made, that we can get by, that we don't need help from anybody else. And anything good happening in our lives, therefore, is attributable only to us. We can take credit for all the good and really don't need anyone else, including God. I have to think that's probably part of what was going on with the nine who chose not to come back. I imagine they thought to themselves in the aftermath, man, wasn't it smart of us to go find that Jesus dude? But we're good now. Let's get on with life. We can handle it from here, Jesus. And away they went with no thought to what had been done on their behalf. That self-sufficiency has a way of working its way into our heart and blinding us to reality. Blinding us to the truth of the matter. In all of human history, There has never been a nation like ours more susceptible to ungodly pride and to the myth of self-sufficiency. Because unlike any other nation in history, we have wealth and education and material blessings in abundance, more so than any other culture of people have ever enjoyed. And you would think that being the recipient of all those blessings would cause us to drop to our knees in gratitude, much as the Samaritan did, who scripture tells us threw himself at the feet of Jesus. He didn't just come down and say, hey, thanks, Jesus. No, threw himself on his face to say thank you. You would think that having received all the blessings we have in this country, we too would be a people of gratitude a people of joy, a people who are whole and healthy. But as I look around, that's not the case. We are an angry people. We are anxious. We are medicated out the wazoo 
for our anxieties and mental illness. And we have an attitude that says we deserve the blessings that we have. Not grateful for them. No, we are owed all of the things that we have. And because we have this mentality that somehow we're owed things, and because we lack gratitude, we begin to get the silliest notions about life and about how life ought to be lived. You didn't fix the sandwich the way I wanted it fixed. Therefore, I'm going to tear this restaurant apart until I get what I want. What? I'm not going to make my flight? Then I'm going to stand here and act like a perfect idiot until I get arrested. I tell you, my hat's off to this one gate agent. Wow, did she handle a situation like a pro. Recently, this one individual, I'm not going to mention his name, but you know who he is, was not getting a flight that he wanted. And so he approached the gate agent and said, lady, do you know who I am? At which point she leaned over to the microphone and said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we could use some help up here. I've got a gentleman who doesn't know who he is. You cut me off in traffic, just might get shot. Life isn't going the way I want, so maybe I'll take a gun to an elementary school or to a movie theater and wreak havoc with lives. There is an illness, a sin-based illness in our society and it is wreaking havoc with us as a people. In stark contrast, just this past week, I had the privilege of visiting the nation of Bulgaria for the first time. I had an opportunity to go and spend a week teaching some pastors and Christian leaders. These individuals, uh, on a good month, when the offerings are exceptional, are lucky to bring home $400 a month. Bulgaria is not a uh, nation that is friendly to Bible-believing Christians. And more than one of those individuals that you just saw takes a beating about once a month for proclaiming the gospel. Not verbal abuse, but people of other religions actually taking sticks and objects and other means and beating them. And yet all week that I was with these men and women, not once, not even once did I hear a word of complaint. Woe is me, how bad we have it. But time and again, I heard expressions of gratitude how thankful they were for their salvation, that God had called them into ministry, that they had this time together, this week together to fellowship and encourage one another and be encouraged by one another. As the lone American in that gathering, 
I could not help but notice the contrast. And how sometimes I can be so entitled and so self-centered and think I'm so self-sufficient that thank you doesn't come from my mouth near often enough. The Samaritan understood something. He understood I'm sick and I can't do anything about it. Jesus did do something about it. Therefore, I'm going to go and tell him thank you. And though he had no way of knowing it, he received an an even greater blessing on top of the physical healing that he received. He was made well. And he was made whole. Saying thank you is one of the easiest things we'll ever have to do. Easy and it's free. And I wish I could tell you as one of your pastors that uh, I've got it down and that I say thank you every time that I should. And my heart is always filled with gratitude, but it's not. But I'm working on it. Because you see, being grateful is a learned skill. It's something that you can practice over and over and over again. And so this morning, I, I'd like to practice it for just a moment. And uh, at the risk of sounding like the recipient of an Academy Award, I do want to take a minute to say thank you. I want to say thank you to Jesus for saving my soul. For doing for me what I could not do for myself. For dying in my place and forgiving my sins and giving me the hope of eternal life. A life with him forever and ever. I'm thankful to him that he called me, me, of all people into ministry. Talk about unworthy. But out of his mercy and grace and goodness he called me and he gave me that awesome opportunity and I'm so thankful I'm thankful that he gave me a helpmate a spouse who has stood by me and supported me and loved me every step of the way as I have served as a pastor even when I suggested doing crazy things like moving a thousand miles away to Texas I'm grateful to my brother Pastor Ken who extended to me an opportunity to come to Faith Bridge 20 years ago and to join this amazing team this amazing staff here at this beautiful church and explore my gifts for ministries in ways I could have never done anywhere else. I mean, I've had the opportunity to do ministry in this place. Never, ever entered my wildest dreams. And congregation, I want to thank you for the privilege of serving as your pastor for 20 years. You are an amazing group of people who are doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And I cannot tell you the number of times I have awakened 
in the morning and pinched myself thinking, wow, I get to be one of the pastors at Faith Bridge. I get to serve this congregation. The last 20 years have been hands down the most fulfilling and rewarding of my life. And that is due in large measure to you. And so I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for that privilege. See how simple it is? So I want to encourage you before this day is up, find one person, just one, and express to them how thankful you are for whatever it is they have done in your life or meant to you. And then tonight, before you go to bed, we got such a beautiful day today. Step outside and look in the sky and speak to God. And give him thanks for your life. The fact that you woke up this morning and your lungs were breathing. Your heart was beating. And that he has called you into his kingdom. God has so much more planned for us than we could ever imagine. And one of the ways, one of the most special and beautiful ways we can step into that life is by stepping out of our selfishness and into a place of gratitude. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, we are grateful. There's no way we could recount the multitude of blessings you have poured out upon us. Thank you for loving us, for rescuing us from our selfish and silly sins, for dying for us and, and doing something on our behalf that we could never do for ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a body of believers like Faith Bridge, where we can come and, and grow, love and be loved, find healing and hope for our brokenness. Thank you for the material blessings of plenty to eat, clothes to wear, a roof over our head, when so many persons in the world do not have these basic things. We thank you. And Lord, we thank you even for the fact that you made us in such a way that we can express our gratitude that we can grow in our love for you and for one another by simply being grateful. For these and our many, many blessings, we say thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.